Hello and welcome to Artemisates Life. I'm John Reynolds and this is the podcast that looks at the relationship between our world and the creative arts through the eyes of creatives. As those who follow me on Twitter and Instagram will know, during the last week I became a mental health advocate for the group Rethink Stigma. And this is a, gr- a brilliant group based online that aims to promote mental health, mental mental well-being, education on how people can look after themselves better and also reach out to others for help, support your friends and all that. I just think it's a brilliant way to share your own experiences because at the end of the day, everyone suffers with some sort of mental health issue in their lives, whether we realise it or not. And people feel down a lot of the time, especially at the moment, and it's just so important to reach out and make sure that your friends know that you're there for them, make sure that they're there for you, that you're with the right people who are going to also look out for you as well. And I just really liked the group because I liked their ethos of rethinking the stigma on mental health, improving the way that mental health is viewed and treated in our society, and ultimately saving lives. So they're kind of like the three main issues that they deal with and I think while I've learned so much about mental health from doing the podcast I suffer from anxiety myself I've beat depression in the past I've suffered with really terrible OCD and that's one of the things that I'm very passionate in raising awareness about so I know I talk about it a lot on the podcast already but I'm going to continue to keep spreading the word because it's something that I genuinely really believe in and I believe that if we all just speak out more and learn how to deal with these problems then they can kind of become more normalized and people can get help people know where to go to for help people will be able to love and care and understand each other better so that's a cause that I really care about and it's something that I'm going to be talking a lot about on the podcast so you can find out more about Rethink Stigma on their website which is rethinkstigma.org and I'll put the link for Rethink in the show notes for the podcast. So today's guest is a really good friend of mine, Gary Lund, who runs the Liverpool film location Walking Tour Realtors. And every month hosts a quiz in Liverpool. Obviously it's not been on recently with COVID and all that, but for the past three years or so, whilst I was in university and beyond... I've loved going to his film quizzes at the Liverpool Everyman Theatre. They've been so much fun. It's been just so chill and I've had a great time with them. And then shortly after I started going to those quizzes, Gary set up this Real Tours, which is, like I said, a walking tour of Liverpool city centre, looking at famous locations from around the city that have been used in films. There are so many films, folks, that have been shot in Liverpool. You'll be surprised. Everything from... Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter, Peaky Blinders, Captain America, the new Batman film, which we'll talk about in a bit, but also loads of really cool indie dramas like In the Name of the Father, which is one of the most powerful films I've ever seen. There's absolutely something for everyone on that tour, and it's something that I like to do once a year, so hopefully hopefully Gary will have some tours running before the end of the year, and I'll be able to go with my friends. I've been a couple of times, and they are really good fun, so I really recommend going on them in Liverpool. You'll hear a lot about how Gary decided to set it up and how easy it was to set up the kind of research he had to do and also talk about some of the favorite locations that he has on the tour as well and yeah Gary's just a really great guy really down to earth and I could honestly talk to him all day about films and we wouldn't run out of things to talk about I'm really happy that he 
got to come on the show because ever since I started this, he's been one of the guests I've wanted to have on the most, just to hear his story properly and be able to share that with you all. So you can find Gary on all social media if you just search for Real Tours, and that's real with an E, so double E. That's Real Tours. And yeah, he's got a YouTube channel as well where he posts loads of great trivia videos and location videos. So go check them out. I'm sure if you love films as much as I do, then you'll love them as well. So yeah, I hope you enjoy today's episode. So can you remember the first time you fell in love with film? Because I know you've got a few different moments that you remember really vividly from when you were young. Yeah, it's... uh, I can never be exactly sure which of these films came first. There's there's two films in particular, which I think I... Well, I I did. I, I wore out the VHS tapes of them when I was little and had to rebuy them. And it was around about 1993, I think. So I would have been about four years old. And it was Batman 1989, which looking back, you know, I was I was four years old watching a 15. I don't know what my parents were playing <laughs> at. Um, but yeah, I just used to watch that on a loop. And the ultimate and still one of my favourite films today, definitely top 10 material, Jason and the Argonauts um, from the 1960s. Forget the remake, that doesn't exist in my eyes. <laughs> but, um, it's but a great I, film. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but, you know, just I can't really remember, you know, the first time I watched them. It's like they've always been ever present in my life, sort of like family members. And I just remember watching those two films. And then that sort of tied in with when I'd watched the Tim Burton 1989 Batman film. Then I remember my mum saying, oh, there's a TV show called Batman, which you should watch. And then I started watching all the Adam West 1960s stuff with like Kapow and splattered all those sides and everything and I just remember thinking like this is the best thing ever and then getting taken to the cinema although my very first cinema trip was a bit of an ordeal I went to go and see The Rescuers Down Under in the the showcase cinema on the East Lanks if people know Liverpool and I remember we went into the cinema as my mum was taking me and she was talking to whoever was selling the tickets behind the counter and I think I was, you know, just fiddling about in a handbag, just messing around as she was buying the tickets. And I took out, I remember this so vividly, I took out this little perfume shard in a bag and it had, you know, one, I, this shows you how much I know about fragrances, but you know those <laughs> balls that you squeeze and it makes the spray come out? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it had one of those. And I remember thinking like, oh, how cool is this? You know, like four years old, squeezing this ball, <laughs> having an absolute laugh. And uh, I squoze it and it, it went into my eye and I blinded oh, no. myself. And, oh. you know, my mum had just handed over the cash to buy these tickets. And before the trailers had even started, we were in Alder Hay getting my eyes sorted oh. out <laughs> because I'd sprayed like what Chanel number five into my eyes or something. Oh, no. And, um, yeah. And then that was my first, like, you know, real life cinema experience. <laughs> and then. However, I don't know, like, yeah, I, I was I was fine. Like, there was no, you know, no long-term damage. <laughs> but then the next time, and this is a time that I don't remember at all, but I got taken back to that same cinema, I could presume a couple of weeks later. My mum went for round two. And uh, we went to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, the live-action one. And apparently <laughs> the film finished, and the credits started rolling at the end. And then I just, everyone's getting up and walking out and then absolutely packed cinema. And I said to my, my mum, I went, mummy, rewind it and watch again. Oh. Went, no, that's that's not how cinema works. We need to go now. And I went, no, rewind it and watch again. Like, no, that's not how it works. And apparently I had like a big hissy fit. I was like Aww. screaming in the cinema, rewind it. 
<laughs> so I, yeah, so I kind of like the idea that I was at home right from the off in the cinema. <laughs> so I guess it's an amalgamation of, of all of those different things really. But yeah, so cinema is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the closest friend that I've, I've had for, for, I guess it's, oh. you know, single child sort of syndrome as well, I guess maybe. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, but it's lovely that you were so attached to the, the film and you went to see it for the first time and the fact that you wanted to watch it again because loads of kids are so like restless in the cinema. I remember like countless times I've gone and like kids have been screaming and stuff. And I'm like, it just, it's, it's great when like, when kids like yeah. shut up and like, are just completely like glued to it and yeah. fall in love with it, isn't it? I, yeah, there's so many times where I've, I went to the cinema, like even as a kid and people were, people were talking, you know, adults and kids, uh, people from all different ages, <laughs> people talk or whatever. And, and I'd sort of look over them with this just absolute bemusement. Like, what are you doing? How do like, <laughs> and, you know, being about six years old, being on a proper high horse, not being able to comprehend how anyone could not be <laughs> transfixed by what you're seeing in front of you. It's, it's, you know, you've got something magical on a big screen in front of you. What are you doing? Leaning over and, and talking about last night's episode of Corey or something. Like just watch <laughs> the bloody film. Um, <laughs> You still yeah, do that? Just still get people to shut up? Um, I mean, I've never, I've never ever said anything in the cinema. That's the thing. Like, I've, I've never been brave enough to to shush or you know, or do that you know tragically British thing of tutting at someone yeah. or something <laughs> like that. I would never do that. I'm very British in in my ways about sort of that. You know, I will just sit there and fume rather than actually try yeah, to use the situation. rather than do something about it. Yeah, um, but I I can't comprehend how how people do it. But there's there's been times it's, you know, if if anyone makes a noise in the cinema and stuff, like I'm I'm on edge like straight away. And there's there's been a, a few times where I've done, you know, events in cinemas, like uh, like discussions afterwards, like either in screen or in bars afterwards and things like that. And I remember the very first time I had to do it, it was in Picture House at Fact in Liverpool. And I can't even remember what the film was now, but the film was was being screened and then I was hosting a discussion in the bar afterwards and it was free to anyone who wanted to come and just hang around and we just it's basically you know kind of like a, a book club but for yeah. cinema and they said to me the the cinema manager he said so there's going to be a Volkswagen advert just before the film starts so as soon as you see a Volkswagen advert um, when that finishes you get up and just introduce yourself say what's happening afterwards and then get back down again so I was sat in the cinema you know <laughs> palms sweating like all nervous and stuff and then I don't know anything about cars but this car comes on and I think that looks Volkswagen-y that might be the one <laughs> and then the logo comes on Volkswagen and I thought oh god right here we go time to shine and I jumped up basically like hurdled down about seven rows of seats to get to the front stood in front of the screen and it, you know the packed cinema must have been about 200 people in there and I just said uh, hello everyone I'm Gary and then before I'd even finished the sentence, another trailer came on and they didn't tell me that there was two Volkswagen trailers. Oh, so then no. I just had to go and sit down and then I was just sat in my seat again <laughs> thinking, everyone must just think that I wanted to introduce myself and that was it. <laughs> so I just had to sit there for about another 10 minutes of trailers. Just, you know, I could feel everyone's eyes because I was sat quite near the front, everyone like looking in the back of my head. And then finally the second advert came on for Volkswagen. And I got up, went to the front of the screen and went, hi, everyone, I'm still Gary. And I would just like to <laughs> say that afterwards I'll be hosting a post-screening discussion in the bar if you want to come and stay behind. And I just vividly remember as I'd finished talking, 
walking back to my seat and looking up to the window at the back of the screen where the projection comes from and just seeing the projectionist his shoulders going up and down in silhouette, absolutely <laughs> just laughing his head off it. The absolute buffoon I just made of myself. But that's just like your natural comic timing, is it? Like a lot of people would have been too like afraid to go up again and say that there was a discussion. They would have just like wanted the seat to like swallow them up. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I think the, the only time where it's it's not been a arranged occasion like that was um, was at the end of it was x-men 2 i think it was uh yeah i'm pretty sure it was x-men 2 and i'd read in empire uh the film magazine they said something like wait until uh the very end of the credits there is another like sequence or whatever and uh you know the film finished and everyone's like oh god that was great people get up out of the seats and start walking towards the exits and i was feeling a bit brave i don't know what came over me but i stood up and went everybody stay in your seats there is another scene at the end of the credits that's going to change everything and people went oh bloody hell and people walked back in sat down in the seats and then i had to endure the entirety of the trade uh, the credits rolling and thinking like please for the love of god let this scene actually be there please don't let mr empire or you know whoever has written this review to have seen like, I don't know, an American version where they thought, oh, we, we won't have this in the British cut or something like that. <laughs> Luckily it was in there, like, praise the Lord. But, was, yeah. it worth the, was it worth the whole shenanigans? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Why not for this story, I guess yeah, it was. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's so weird because, you know, I'm, I was I was so invested in it that, you know, I, I'm not even a massive comic book film guy at all, but I think, you know, those, the first two X-Men films in particular, I, I was really into back in the day. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun, fun times. Fun that was times. your good deed for that day. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly you've obviously been a huge cinema fan for many years. Where did the idea come from to do Real Doors? Well, it's sort of always been bubbling there, I guess, because I have always known that I wanted to work in film and, Particularly what I wanted to do in film has, has, you know, changed up and down over the years. I spent a lot of time wanting to be a director when I was younger. And then I had a brief spell of wanting to be a screenwriter. Um, went to university, did a film studies degree and finished film, uh, finished university, I should say. And, you know, started working on various TV shows and a couple of things like this, running on short films and stuff. And... You know, I did that for about three years and didn't touch a camera um, once, apart from a very last week when I, I did a short stint working for Manchester United TV. And um, <laughs> you don't talk about that. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's there's worse teams that you could, uh, yeah. could work for their channels, but um, but yeah. So it, it was really strange that I, you know, did you know I was, did a bit of work on like Jeremy Kyle show and uh, Dickinson's Real Deal, and then the. The most horrendous one of them all was do you remember Desperate Scouse Wives. Back yeah, in the day? I think I was just yeah. too young to like. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't even watch it myself, but um, it's you know kind of like those Only Way Is Essex kind of. Um, I, do you know what? I don't yeah. even know what what they are. Are they are they real? Are they fake? <laughs> who, who knows? But um, but they were saying like, yeah, come and come and work on this for a day, and I turned up, and one of the the main um, people in it had like a little chihuahua. And they basically said, this dog can't be on set because it's making too much noise. So I just had to sit in a porter cabin and mind this dog for like 12 hours. <laughs> so I was just sat in a porter cabin with a dog. And, you know, 
I, I like dogs. I will happily be in a room with dogs all day, playing catch, going for walks and all this. But anytime I went near that little yapper, it was properly barking. Like I, I, I was terrified of this little thing. I thought it was going to like bite my arm off or whatever. So it, it was essentially just me sat in one corner of a porter cabin. This dog sat in the other corner of the porter cabin for 12 hours. Um, so, and I just started thinking around about that time. Like, I, I don't think being on set is the sort of thing that I'm, there must be something else. And around about that time, I started, you know, reading a bit more film theory and sort of behind the scenes stuff and everything. And I've always liked when I've gone to other cities or other locations and tracked down, you know, film locations and stuff and thought, oh, that's really cool. That's there. I'll go and give that a visit and taking a few snaps or whatever. And then I went on a couple of film tours in other cities. Like there was a really good one in London. I went on, which was called Muggle Tours. And it was a really good tour of going around all Harry Potter locations. And what I liked about that as well is the guides are all in character of um, fake Harry Potter characters and stuff. That's so it's cool. not, char- yeah, it's not characters you would see in the film, but it's, you know, like it'd be like, <clears throat> they'd say they're Harry Potter's relation and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, so it was like, not looking like a really rubbish fancy dress. It was like they could do their own thing with it and still be in character. Matthew does really that. Good. at the. Have you ever been to the Harry Potter Cafe in Ormskirk? No, I didn't even know that existed. That's amazing. It's only like fairly new. I think it opened last year, but Matt has been doing that, like the same sort of thing. He's a waiter there, but like he's in character and he tells jokes and he's got the costume and stuff, but I've not been, but like it sounds right up your street. That sounds That's incredible, yeah. As, well, as, as soon as lockdown two ends, I'm going right over there. That sounds brilliant. Um, yeah, and really enjoyed that. And I guess around about that time, I did a couple of other tours. Like I went to uh, to Greece that year and, and went to loads of like filming locations from, uh, you know, places like uh, Captain Corelli's Mandolin and like Troy and a couple of old like 1960s epics and stuff. And I was sort of looking a bit more into Liverpool and Lancashire, which is where I'm, I live and everything, and seeing like what was filmed around here. And obviously I, like, I knew a lot of the big hitters and things, but Liverpool in particular, there was just so much stuff that I couldn't believe. And I was just, you know, compiling this list just for my own personal interest. And around about this time, I just started thinking, you know what, there isn't a single tour of this in Liverpool. And I, I couldn't believe that, you know, because there's so many great tours in Liverpool is countless, you know, history ones, architecture, Beatles tours, um, football tours and pop culture tours and everything. But there wasn't a film one and I just was really surprised by it. And then sort of thought, I'd like to do that, but I've got no idea how to go about doing this. And then all of a sudden out of the, I mean, they talk about targeted ads or anything. I, I never really believed that. I just thought that was, you know, conspiracy theory saying it but all of a sudden as soon as I was having these thoughts I got a little pop-up on the side of Facebook one day and it said learn how to set up your own business with the Prince's Trust and I thought well lucky what we got here so I gave it a little (laughs) click and did this intense one-week course with the Prince's Trust it was in Manchester the course Uh, the Liverpool one had had been uh, filled up already and it was extreme it was just a couldn't praise it highly enough of how helpful it was. Um, so it was, yeah, a full a full week, Monday to Friday, and each day was a different thing about how to set up a business. So one day was just solely set on, you know, um, brand and marketing and stuff. Then another day was all about the really, really boring but necessary stuff. So like setting up taxes and tax returns and, you know, just it was really great stuff that I had no idea how I would even go about learning about this sort of stuff. 
And I guess it's sort of the equivalent of a, you know, an intense driving course. You, you learn so much stuff in that week. And what was really good is they were there afterwards as well. So if you've got questions, you can get like a mentor and you can arrange a meeting to go and pop back in and ask them questions, show them where you're up to and they'll give advice and help and things. And around about that time, I started putting things in motion. Um, putting the tour together was was quite fun because I just had a solid four weeks of watching films nonstop. And part of it could get slightly tedious because you'd be freeze framing <laughs> on different points and you know, you'd know you have to be trying to line up and I'd be taking um, photographs on my smartphone of the TV and then I'd go into Liverpool the next day and I'd walk to the area that I knew it was roughly in. And I'd be walking down the street, looking at my phone, trying to match places <laughs> up to see which buildings lined up and everything. Um, so I had a yeah solid couple of, of weeks and probably months putting the tour together of watching and writing and everything. And then it got to the August of uh, that year. And I did, and I think back to it now, and I don't know how I had the energy to do it because I do, you know, a, a tour that I do at the minute, like a full length tour is two and a half hours and I'm wiped out at the end of it. But I did on uh, Saturday and Sunday, I did three tours on each of those days. So I did six tours in two days. And this was a full length tour as well. Like this, the tour I do at the minute that's on sale now, two and a half hours, that's shortened down. We're talking like these were about three, about three and a quarter wow. hours each. There was an extra 45 minutes in there, probably maybe even 50 minutes. There was like extra stops, loads of other niche films and stuff that I was popping in there. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, got feedback from everyone who came along on them. Which points could you do without? Was it too long? Was it too short? Would you like to, and, you know, just started accumulating all of this stuff and, you know, sort of molded the route around that. And um, yeah, then the, the most difficult part of it was, was getting the website set up, but I've, you know, I've got a, uh, a friend who is an absolute wizard of tech um, called Andrew who set it up and, and he was amazing and, and still is amazing as you know, he's always there to help with any queries I have, which tends to be every other day anyway and, uh, and stuff. And then we were away and up and running and it's, it's been so much fun because, you know, the people you meet are just incredible and it's, it's, you know, I'm just talking to people who, the majority of them just love cinema as, as much as what we do. And it's just, it's fantastic to show off Liverpool because it's such an incredible city. Reveal its secrets because there's so much stuff that people don't even know about as well. And yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. Because I, I don't think people are going to go on it unless they are massive film buffs. I know you said that there's been a few people who haven't been <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, that interested. But are people like generally really shocked when they hear the sort of huge films that get filmed in Liverpool, like obviously Captain America, Fantastic Beasts, and another one that was recently shot that we'll talk a bit about later. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like that. Nice little, nice little segue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know what? The, the most satisfying thing that I, that I always get from it is... Um, it's when people come on the tour and they've been dragged there by like a friend or a family member or whoever, and they, they really enjoy it. And they, they give really nice feedback at the end and say, you know, I'm not really interested in cinema or film, but this was really fun. And, you know, they're asking at the end, like, Oh, could you send me a list of the films that you mentioned? I'd love to. And then there's, there's been people who weren't into cinema beforehand and they'll still, they'll get in touch every couple of weeks and they'll be sending me selfies of them on the couch holding up DVDs, like just about to watch this. And then they'll send me pictures afterwards going like, loved it, five stars and all this. And it's, it's like a little, 
I don't know, a little scouse drama from the eighties or whatever. Like, <laughs> do you know, like all these really niche films and stuff. And it's it's so it's it's great. It's a real sharing experience. Yeah, a lot of fun. But yeah, that's the thing about it. There's obviously the big ones like Captain America and Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter, things like that. But then there's also really obscure ones that I wouldn't even know where to look for them. Things like what's it called? The one with Hugh Grant in an awfully oh, big adventure. Yeah, yeah I want to watch it, but like I don't know where. I don't know if some of these are even available on DVD, but it just shows you like how much and like how did you go about finding like the, the independent films and did you watch loads of ones that you were like right we don't need to include this in the tour? Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like what I mean the the research bit was really really extreme. Um, it was a lot of browsing through every TV guide I could find <laughs> to see. You know, a, a lot of the films I was finding on them. You know, like. TCM at like three in the morning and stuff and and things like that and tracking down DVDs which I was buying on eBay if they you know they weren't in circulation anymore. Um, I've got a friend called Sam Erskine as well who is just incredible. Like he's he's basically like a a historian of of Liverpool. Really, he's he's got a collection of loads of documentaries about Liverpool and stuff in and he gave me like a load of dvds of you know stuff that was the equivalent of out of print for, for dvds and stuff so that was that was really helpful um but yeah so that that was really tough like having to track down all of these quite quite niche films and but what what i tried to do as well is i have like a good knowledge about all of them and and stuff and what's interesting is i always speak to people at the very start of the tour and ask everyone what their favorite films are so I can sort of gauge their interests. Are they, you know, are they, if, it, if it's an older audience, they're not going to be into, you know, your sort of Fantastic Beasts and stuff as much as, you know, maybe some like 1950s gritty British cinema, kitchen sink stuff. So I can throw in all those other things as we're on the route as well. So it's, it, the tour's always like, you know, quite changeable with, with the sort of, you know, because you can take one road and get like three or four blockbusters, but you can take a little side street and you can get in like two or three really nice kitchen sink dramas and stuff. So, so it's really adaptable for that, which is nice as well. So, so yeah, so, you know, it's never the same tour every single time because it's sort of based around those who are actually there at the moment, which is nice. That's what I like about it. Like you can keep adding stuff to it. I remember I went in at the end of 2018 and the film yesterday hadn't been out yet, but then the next year, it had so you were like pointing out and talking about it and then you were giving us all the things that were being filmed in Liverpool and then I'm hoping to do you know if you're going to have any on before the end of the year I know it all depends with like social distancing and stuff yeah I mean the the plan is to but it is yeah it's just going to have to depend what you know what happens with the current lockdown situations and things I'd very much like to if if I can um but you know as, as soon as I'm legally allowed to I will be of back course. out there again pointing at buildings and, and everything because <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 been a few a few big hitters over the last uh, couple of weeks and months. Yeah, so up. Batman, um, <laughs> how did it feel? Because obviously you're a big Batman fan anyway, but how did it feel like knowing that it was going to be shot in Liverpool, and then this is something that you could see for yourself, and this is this is what you do for a living, like the whole like walking tour stuff. So how did you feel at like, the prospect of adding that to? one of the films that you began to talk about. Well, it, it was it was really strange. And I was on the edge of my seat for quite a lot of it because I first found out that Batman was coming at the end of last year. And 
you know, I was I was really excited about it. Had to sign this thing saying that I wouldn't talk about it or anything <laughs> and stuff. And then we get into early March, and I'm like, Batman's coming next week. And this is round about when the rumblings are starting to happen a bit more about coronavirus and stuff. And it was, you know, one of those where I was like, oh, isn't it terrible? But I think we'll be okay. It'll be okay. If it, if it hits here, it won't be until maybe like April time. And it turned up in the UK a lot sooner than what I was thinking <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but all around St. George's Hall and everything, they had up all the Gotham City, like police department barriers. Like the crew had been in for about three days, setting everything up before the cast arrived to start filming. And then... Boris announced that we were going into lockdown the day they were meant to start shooting back in uh, in March. So then I saw everything being taken and packed away again in all of the vans and going off. And then we had lockdown and it was supposed to come back in May, but obviously lockdown was still going on. And then as we sort of came out of lockdown in sort of like August time, I started resuming tours again. And I'd seen online that they had started filming the Batman again down in London and a couple of things up in Glasgow. And I started having this, this cold sweat thinking they're not going to come back to Liverpool. They're just going to think it's too much of an effort to go back again in case things kick off. And I think round about this time, Robert Pattinson himself got coronavirus, didn't he? So they had to That's right, down. yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking like, they're just going to do it all in a studio and they're just going to film it elsewhere and stuff. And then I remember I got a call one day and said, yeah, they're, uh, they're coming back. These are the dates they're going to be here. And then... Um, I did do a fist air pump uh, when I found out. I was I was so excited. Um, not even at the idea of like, oh, I can put this in the tour. Just like, oh my God, Batman's coming to Liverpool. Just seeing Batman. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so good. And you did get to see him on top of the, the live bills and you were there, weren't you, watching them? Yeah, that was, yeah, just unbelievable. Like, um, so went into Liverpool that main week that they were here and basically just driving around the, the city Um <laughs> you know trying trying to catch a glimpse of him and the the day when he was down at the liver building was was just unbelievable like the the helicopter pilots getting as close as they did to that building is something that'll you know i'll have that image burned in my like brain forever because i could not believe the like how close they were to that building it was just in, incredible and they did a little dress rehearsal off that stunt in the daytime before it was you know they were filming properly I saw in the that, yeah and the, the thing that sticks, I mean, this just shows you how, again, like just how can anyone not love Liverpool as a city? There was, um, there's always that one busker who I think is always down on Matthew Street by the John Lennon statue. And then I think for the other half of the day, he goes down to the Beatles statue at the pier head. And he was down at the Beatles statue at the pier head as they were doing the dress run for it. And the helicopter turns up, Batman's on the ledge leaning over and he starts playing the Adam West Batman TV series theme <laughs> on his guitar and stuff. And then loads of people start joining in, singing it and everything. And I just wow. remember just being as giddy as anything. Like I was back to, you know, <laughs> watching the Tim Burton 1989 VHS again, being like four years old and just going like, Batman's in front of me. I've got a busker. He was usually doing Beatles hits. He's now <laughs> playing the Batman theme. And it, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was a giddy goat. I was that day. Brilliant. It's incredible. It's like something. It must have been like something out of a film itself. You must have felt. I, I just love that they've done it on the live building as well. They haven't just picked some random building somewhere or in a studio. They've actually. Did you hear like why they picked the live building? Was it something to do with how it's built at the top? Or? Yeah, I mean, I guess because a lot of it. I mean, Christopher Nolan did it in uh, in Chicago, like a lot of the Dark Knight trilogy, 
and stuff. And they're in Chicago again for this one. But I think that from what I've seen and read anyway of, of uh, the Matt Reeves version, it's it's going to be sort of a hybrid of, of styles in terms of it's going to be, you know, dark and gothic like Tim Burton's too, but with a bit of uh, Christopher Nolan's, you know, sort of more detective side to it. And I think a lot of the architecture in Liverpool is very similar to that of Chicago as well. So, um, yeah, Walter Thomas, who uh, who did the liver building, like the architecture for it, he based it on Chicago skyscrapers. So it fits seem- seamlessly into, um, you know, that sort of landscape if they're going to be transposing everything and putting stuff together and, and things. So I, I imagine that's going to be one of the reasons. And, it, you know, it's it's just such a gothic looking building as well, isn't it? Like the the frame of the clock as well is is incredible. It's the the largest clock faces in Europe. Not a lot of people actually know that as well. So it's you know it's that's going to look in, incredible on screen, and it'll fit seamlessly into um, whatever vision of, of Gotham they made up. But I'm I'm so excited to see. It. I, I think it's going to look. Can't wait, and I just think it's going to look so magical. Well, it would look magical as it was because it looks incredible. But the, knowing that it was shot in Liverpool, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it just gives yeah, it just gives you a massive buzz, doesn't it? As well, you, when you you watch a film and, and you recognize somewhere that's supposed to be somewhere else as well and, and things it's it yeah it gets you so much more invested in in the film speaking about that do you have any favorite spots on the tour not to give too much away about the tour but do you have any favorite locations from a film or for either the fact that it is such an iconic film moment or just the fact that you think they've used the city really well mm. um oh, there's so many i mean my my personal favorite spot of the tour is at the bottom of William Brown Street and heading up past the World Museum, Central Library, Counter Sessions House and the Walker Art Gallery and then turning right onto St George's Hall Plateau. Um, That's one of my favourite parts of the whole city. Like I just think it's incredible just everything about that whole area. And some of the films that have been around there is what I like about it is there's a real mix. So you've got a nice hybrid of blockbusters and then some fantastic dramas as well. So you've, you've got things around that area, like um, like one of the Fast and Furious films was done around there. One of the Harry Potters was done a lot, obviously on Fantastic Beasts at the top of St. George's Hall. And then things like Creed as well, um, you know, in the Rocky series, which is another, you know, massive highlight of, of film life for me, all the Rocky films. But then, Another, I mean, another one of my personal favourites, which I didn't actually see until I started putting this tour together, and it's it's right up there in probably my top twenty films of all time now, and that's in the name of the Father from nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it's. Um, I I always say that that's, I think that's the best film that gets you know featured on on the tour. Um, yeah, I I think from start to finish, that's just an absolute masterpiece. If people haven't seen it, it's you know go go and check it out. If you have seen it, go and watch it again. It's yeah, it's wonderful. It is, yeah, it is absolutely incredible. I definitely recommend it as well. Just like before we finish, would you ever go back to directing or writing again? Because I know that you did a lot of that whilst you were at uni, and I saw the Irish Bruce shenanigans when you uploaded <laughs> it onto your channel. It is brilliant. I just, oh, I was wondering, did you have to send it to the BBFC to get the fifteen rating, or did you just decide to? Um, well, it got entered into. I entered it into loads of different festivals and the only one it actually got shown in was the it's such a long title let me try and remember this the london comedy short film festival yeah that's the right 
order of those words. And um, it got it got shown at that festival, and it had to have a rating before it went on there. So I I didn't do any of that. They they sorted it out. They got someone from the BBFC to watch it and just give um, give it like a rating and stuff. So it got rated fifteen, which I thought was really cool at the time. Um, and, um, and yeah, it got. Uh, Got shown. I went went down to to London and it got screened with uh, with about ten other films and it, it was it was great seeing it in front of a, an audience. Who, whereas I didn't know anyone else in there as well, um, which was really good because other times where it had been shown in front of audiences like back home in in Liverpool or it like got shown in Manchester as well, there was a lot of you know friends and family were in there as well as a few other strangers and stuff. But but this one was essentially just me three other family members and then about 200 complete strangers and it got a really good reception everyone really enjoyed it which i was thrilled with um yeah i would i would very much love to go and and i i have been jotting down like over lockdown as well a couple of couple of short ideas and things and and stuff so yeah i guess it's it's just a case of of time because i think we we said before we started recording here like i am one of the worst procrastinators <laughs> of, of all time and I'm you know I'm working on a couple of other projects at the minute so I'm telling myself no I am not going to make anything <laughs> film related until I've got these other um real tours projects up and running or out of the way and stuff so uh so yes so hopefully hopefully watch watch this I, I don't know maybe we can co- collab on something in the future oh, as well definitely. John. I'd love to. yeah but um but yeah yeah I, I very much would like to at some point Thanks so much for talking to me. I feel like we could fill an entire until Thursday when you're next working of like just chatting about films and stuff. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank, thanks for having me. And I love the podcast as well. So oh, keep, thank up, you. keep up the wonderful work and I can't wait to listen to future episodes. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Atom Takes Life. I had a great time talking to Gary and catching up. I've not seen him in a while. Yeah, there were tons of anecdotes there that I didn't know, which I'm surprised I don't know about, especially, like, the turtles one and also the one when he had to hold the dog, like, behind the scenes. Yeah, those are great um, anecdotes. He has plenty of anecdotes. I, I'm sure he could write, like, a whole book just based on film-related anecdotes. Remember, if you want to check out any of Gary's things, you can go on to his Real Tours social medias. He's just called Real Tours on every social media. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, you name it. And his website is realtours.co.uk if you would like to book a tour. That's all we've got time for for today's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, then you can follow me on Instagram at artimitateslifepodcast or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash artimitateslife. Thanks very much for listening and I hope to see you again very soon, but until then... Bye-bye for now.